What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Caffeinated Artist Podcast. My name is Sabrina Canoon, and on this podcast, we talk about everything art and creativity, life, and most importantly, our caffeine addictions, because let's be honest, most of us would not be able to get through life without a little bit of coffee. That being said, grab your coffee, your tea, your travel coffee, your food, whatever you want to do, and we are about to get started. Hey, you guys, happy Wednesday. It is still Monday for me because I am recording this on Monday because I had time and, you know, I wanted to actually get something out on time to you guys for once because I always say it's going to be Wednesdays and it is supposed to be Wednesdays, but I am busy and I lose track of my time very easily as we all do. So happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a pleasant morning, evening, drive to work, whatever it may be. And we're just going to chill for a little while. I don't really have very many highs and lows this week just because at the time I'm recording this, it again is Monday and I release episodes on Wednesday and I most recently released an episode on Sunday to make up for the lack of posting that I did on last Wednesday. So I don't know, I guess... The low of my day, if you guys want to hear that, is that I woke up at 4.30 this morning. No, not 4.30, I got four hours of sleep. That's what I wanted to say. I got four hours of sleep because I woke up at 5.30. I was doing homework last night. Actually, that's a lie. I was figuring out Adobe Illustrator last night because, surprise, surprise, there's been a development The podcast Instagram actually has graphics on it. Yay! So now you're not just going to look at really weird pictures of my face. I'm happy for all of you because it's awkward to post myself on somewhere that's not my personal Instagram. So I finally figured that out and that's going to start happening on the podcast. So as fun as it was, I also did get four hours sleep. And I live in Tempe, which is where ASU's main campus is, but I am a student on the downtown campus because that's where the journalism school is. And I live about a mile from our bus stop or our shuttle stop that takes us to downtown from Tempe. I am a slow walker, as you could imagine someone with CP is, and it takes me about... 25 minutes to get from my apartment to the bus stop and I know a lot of you are asking Sabrina why not use the disability services cart well here's the thing I don't want to I don't like them I kind of like to be alone in the mornings chilling and listening to my music whatever podcast I happen to be listening to that morning and I just choose not to use them and I kind of like the walk especially in the morning before it gets like blazing boiling hot so yeah but I'm still gonna complain because it is a 25 minute walk and it kind of sucks but yeah so I started walking at 6 30 this morning and got on my bus at 7 15 because I missed the seven o'clock bus and I was on the downtown campus for seven hours I left at about two o'clock and I got home around three maybe almost three thirty. I stopped and had a second coffee. I, for those of you on the West Coast who knows what, who know what Dutch Bros is, 
I had some Dutch Bros. I had a great vanilla chai from Dutch Bros. I love vanilla chai. That's basically all I drink unless I'm in the mood for something cold, but I'm almost never in the mood for something cold because I'm a crazy person and I drink hot drinks in a hundred degree weather. And anyone out there who's like me, please let me know because I want to be your friend. Everybody else thinks I'm weird. Um, but yeah, I got a second coffee. I had a Starbucks drink at seven o'clock this morning and I know you guys are thinking, why the hell would you buy coffee twice in one day, Sabrina? And here's my answer. I obviously don't have that much money. I am a college student, but I do have a meal plan and that meal plan includes dining dollars. And I know on most campuses, Starbucks partners with the campuses and joins in on their meal plan, but ours, I think, does it for a lot more of them because we have seven or eight Starbucks throughout the two campuses that I'm on, which are Tempe and downtown, and they all take our meal plan dollars. So that's why I'm there all the time because if I didn't have those, I would not be able to afford a daily Starbucks. But because I have the meal plan, I can do it, and I'm very excited about that. So I'm going to brag about that every chance I get. But yeah, I had a second cup of coffee today. So I guess that's a high in the face of my low of getting four hours of sleep, but I was going to drop dead because this morning it was about 65 degrees outside when I left. I took a jacket because it gets hold, cold, hold. it gets cold and I wear crop tops and you know, you need a jacket, but by about 2.30 when I got home, it was 95 degrees. And I don't like having to carry jackets or tie them around my waist, so I wore it for the entire mile walk home. And I nearly collapsed because it's really hot. I had hot flashes for a good 20, 30 minutes after getting home. And I don't know, that just wasn't fun. But a high for the day was the fact that I worked on some more Illustrator stuff for you guys. I finally worked out how to see Spotify for podcasters. So I now can see who is watching and who is not. And I have my eyes on you, except no, I don't because that would be creepy. But I'm, I'm really happy. I'm finally getting into the swing of podcasting things. And oh my God, you guys, I ordered my own microphone. Right now, I've told you guys, I'm not using my microphone. I am borrowing one. But I finally ordered my own so I can record in the comfort of my own home at any point that I want. And that means our episodes will most likely be on time unless I'm lazy, which I probably will be. So I don't know. I'm promising this to you, but also don't believe me because I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I ordered a mic, you guys, and I got it for $25. It was originally $50, but... I don't know, it was discounted on Amazon, so yay, $20 mic, and I'm so excited, I love saving money, but yeah, that was the high of my day, and I'm so happy about that, and I feel like I'm finally in the podcast swing of things, and you know, really committed to this process, because I really do love sitting in front of this mic now that I have the hang of it. Because before I didn't have the hang of it, before I was kind of nervous the whole time, and I still am kind of nervous, you guys know I trip over my words, and I don't really edit those parts out because 
I think it's important for you guys to see that this is who I am and I don't talk very eloquently very often. So I'm better with the writing and the reading and I don't communicate very well verbally, but I'm very, very intuitive. So that's that's me. And I think that it's really important to show that side of myself and not portray myself as someone who makes no mistakes. And I'm not saying that that's what people who edit their podcasts are doing, but I think that this just adds to the vibe of the whole awkward spacey artist thing and I I like it and I don't want to think of myself as awkward and spacey either that would also be bad but I don't know I feel like that's the scatterbrained artist vibe and we're just going with it so woohoo but I hope everyone else's Monday went well and I hope your Tuesday went well I, I don't know how my Tuesday is going. I suppose I could ask my tarot cards about it, but I I don't think I will just because I think that that's a little unnecessary. And yes, you guys, I read tarot cards and I wasn't really planning on talking to you guys about that today. I don't know why this is coming out of my mouth right now. You guys know I'm a complete mess and my brain goes off into tangents and you just are going to hear me rant about all aspects of my life because that's that's me um but yes I read tarot cards and I actually got my first set of them for my 20th birthday I wanted to say 21st but that just happened so I got them for my 20th birthday from my old roommate who is my best friend in the whole world hello Sam I love you but um she gave me those for my 20th because we had a birthday party for me at our apartment and the next day she goes hey I didn't buy you a gift let's go to the bookstore because everyone who knows me knows that the number one place to take me when I want books is the bookstore because or get me a Starbucks gift card I'm serious I I want for nothing else I just want books and coffee please everyone tries to get me clothes I want the books and my roommate knows me well enough to know that the books are the number one thing that are going to make me happy. So she gave me like a $20 limit and was like, pick out books. I saw a used set of tarot cards. Also, if you guys hear a bump, my hat just bumped against the mic. And I'm going to take that off now because I don't know if that's a great thing to have happen. And I'm sure it will happen again because I move my head all the time. But she gave me a $20 limit and I saw these tarot cards. And she had been taking a tarot reading class and that's a class at our honors college here. And she was like, you know, if you get those, I will teach you how to read them. And she did. And ever since then, I've been obsessed. I put a lot of stock into them just because it's, I don't believe in coincidences, but that's a, that's a story for another day. But I am multi-talented. Not only am I a writer and a filmmaker, but I can read your future. No, I'm kidding. You can't do that. Nobody should ever tell you that they can predict your future. That's a lie. No matter no matter how many tarot cards I read, I firmly believe I'm not predicting the future. I'm just predicting where you're going, like based off of what you're doing. But I love tarot cards. They're super pretty and... Yeah, I'm not going to ask them about my day. I usually ask them more serious questions if I need to, but normally I don't read for myself. I read for other people, and those are usually my friends who ask me to do it. And 
Nobody's really been asking me to lately, so I haven't really picked them up. But that's another fun fact about me is I read them and I figured you guys should know that because it's fun. We can do a whole episode on tarot actually if you guys want because I think that that's a really cool thing to do especially as an artist because the designs on tarot cards are immaculate. I personally think like I have this deck of tarot cards that is the most beautiful set of illustrations that I've ever seen. And I think that that's an awesome career for anyone that's looking to pursue illustration. So we might just do a whole episode on tarot and the art of it in the future. That might be next week. I'm not going to do that this week because I did have something else in mind. And I guess at about nearly 13 minutes, I should jump into that. Okay. Heavy time, you guys. Heavy time. You heard me get a little bit upset the other day. And this level of discomfort was directed at the Karens who are ableist and rude and don't know what the heck they're talking about. I also did mention in my very, very annoyed rant, people of color women, and the LGBTQ community. If I am forgetting anyone, and I know I am forgetting very many groups, just apply this to you as it comes. I wanted to do a whole episode on creating for those segments of the population. And that was meant to be the episode that came out on Sunday. And it was not. It was kind of a little preview because, of course, someone had to go and piss me off for those exact reasons. And that's kind of why I couldn't really say too much the other day. As mad as I was, I was too angry to actively get my point across. I think if I had told that story in this podcast, it might have made a great little segue into what I want to talk about today. But you live and you learn and it is what it is. I think that the message that came out was still positive and still something I want to portray on this podcast and I think it's important that you guys know my experience with it too whereas today's episode I can't necessarily relate to a lot of this and that's okay but I just want to be a support system for anyone who may need the words of kindness and comfort and just give advice on how to create in these in those niches, I suppose. I don't think that's the right way to put it, but that's how I'm putting it because I can't think of words right now. It's about 6.30 and I'm hungry. Anyway, I'm going to take you guys back. I'm sure everyone's been watching the news. I'm going to take you guys back to, I believe it was May 27th. If I'm wrong, it was in that week and I would like to be corrected, but I think it was around May 25th to 27th when um, George Floyd was murdered and tortured, and I did not watch the video because I could not watch the video, because how do you watch someone die in such a brutal way? There's no way to do that. There's no way to justify that. 
There is nothing. And I know the facts of that video. I know that nothing that George Floyd did was against the law. I know that there was no grounds for even arresting him in the first place. I am aware of that. But even if he had done something, if there was evidence of something, some crime having been committed, nobody, no human being deserves to die like that. But the thing is, many of us do not. There is one community that continues to be hit by this level of pain and suffering. And that's the black community. And I think there are a lot of films and a lot of movies who, who, that depict the previous suffering of this group and of these people. And I think a lot of those movies are beautiful. And I think a lot of those movies are trash. Some of them are beautiful because they've done so well in their acting and in their writing. And some of them are just just stereotyped and rude and terrible. And especially I want to talk about the fact that in Hollywood, immediately after this happened... There was a bunch of, and I don't know if this was because of George Floyd's murder or because of everything else that was being brought to our attention, like Breonna Taylor, I have, I should have absolutely said that along with George Floyd, but I didn't and I'm going to acknowledge it now. We will never not acknowledge that. Her. Why did I say that? You guys know what I mean. We will never not, we will never not acknowledge the crime that was committed against her is what I am trying to say. And I think while all of that was happening and while all of that was being brought to everyone's attention, there was a bit of an uproar in Hollywood because so many women and people of color opened up about their experiences with directors in the industry with other actors and actresses and I say women because there is a case that I'm thinking of particularly and that is on Glee I I can't remember the actress's name I know her first name is Samantha I can't remember her last name but she was an African-American actress on Glee that came in in the last season and she admitted to being terribly bullied by Leah Michelle. I can't say I'm surprised because Leah Michelle played such a monstrous character on Glee. I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised to learn that that's actually her personality. And I'm so sorry. I can't remember Samantha's last name, but it's, Truly because, and I, sh- and I should have honestly looked it up before starting this recording, 
But you know me, I go with the flow. I didn't know I was going to reference Glee directly until this very moment. But when Samantha came forward with her story, so did Amber Riley. To back her up, so did Heather Morris. So did the late Naya Rivera. She didn't directly back up Samantha, but she has opened up about confrontations that she's had with Leah in the past. Whether that's partially due to race, I'm not sure. I have not read Naya's memoir, but I'm going to imagine that on some level, it had to do with Naya's race. And while she does not fit into the stereotype of a black woman, it is still relevant and it's extremely relevant to everyone who's ever gone through this. I know um, Vanessa Morgan on Riverdale. That's something I've watched a little more recently, and I know her name. Vanessa Morgan, who plays Tony Topaz on Riverdale, gripes about, or I don't want to say griped. That's a bad word. That sounds like she's just complaining. But she opened up about the fact that on Riverdale, Tony has always been a very much a side character just to add a splash of color to the cast is how she put it and to be honest I see that I completely see that because I think Tony Topaz is an awesome character I think she's a badass but she's just not in the show enough and she kind of came out of nowhere we didn't know for those of you who watch Riverdale we didn't know that there was a female serpent that was Jughead's age we didn't know that And then she just kind of appeared out of nowhere, seemingly liked and had feelings for Jughead, and then wound up with Cheryl. And that's wonderful. I'm not saying it's not. But they just threw Tony Topaz in for effect. It wasn't because there was any substance to the storyline that needed to be added. It was for effect that they cast Vanessa Morgan specifically, and I guarantee you had they cast a white actress, she would have had a much larger role. We would have followed her story a bit more, and we haven't. We had the one incident in, I think it was season three, where Jughead went and spoke with her grandfather about their heritage, and he completely disgraced them. And that was as far as we got with that storyline. That there have been so many instances, and I'm blanking on so many others, and no instance is any worse or better than the other. But there's just too many for me to remember that, and that's incredibly sad that I can't even pinpoint a select few instances. Those are just the two largest ones that I paid the most attention to because I used to be very involved in those shows. But I'm going to speak from my experience here at ASU. I, you guys know I'm a journalism major as well as an English major and a film minor. I didn't, and I'm going to take full responsibility for my fault here, I didn't necessarily think about the lack of inclusivity between my characters or the lack of attention I paid to other things that were going on around me before George Floyd was murdered. I was kind of, I, I want to say 
I was going back to journalism from high school because I know that I've talked about loving journalism and I do, but I love it now. When I graduated high school, I didn't love it. And that's a completely different story to tell on another episode, or maybe we'll get to it in this episode. It, it, it may be relevant once I move topics a little bit, but I left high school not in love with journalism and looking back I think it's because I confined myself to the entertainment section and I loved doing book reviews or movie reviews and I didn't write about very much current news or any politics or anything like that mostly because at the time in high school I didn't care and I went through my journalism education here at ASU for a couple of years thinking that that's what I wanted to end up as once I graduated I wanted to end up as an entertainment reporter and truly I've never been more wrong because the moment that George Floyd started this movement the moment started this move what am I talking about the BLM movement has been happening since long before George Floyd was murdered, but since it renewed it, I should say. I think it came back with a renewed vengeance. And since that happened, I think I realized that there are so many other more important issues that I could be putting my time and energy into reporting because there are real people being affected by these issues. Like, sure, some people care how special Brad Pitt's hair is. I don't know. Or... Patrick Dempsey because his hair is very special you guys but um some people care about that stuff and that's great but more people care about how the people around them are being mistreated more people care about how their friends their family are being mistreated more people care about this pandemic about how our administration is treating the situation and treating the people more people care about those kind of things And I think it was after George Floyd's murder that I understood I, in my position as someone in the media, has the power to make a difference, has the power to shed light on the stories that may not be being told or help uncover things that someone else missed because journalism in and of their own right are detectives journalism journalists i hate myself you guys i no no i don't hate myself only self-love here but also why me journalists have the power to change everything they are just as good as detectives because they do just as much digging just as much prying we know how to get our information and there are people are always accusing the media of not putting enough stories out about these instances and I am trying to make it my job to make sure that that no longer happens, at least under my watch. And the media does the best they can. I shouldn't say that we don't do the best we can. We do the best we can, but we can do better. You can always do better. And I just really want to be the one to tell those stories because think of all the people that are suffering right now. I mean, no not just the Black Lives Matter movement, but has anybody else been scared since Ruth Bader Ginsburg died? Because I, as a woman, am very scared. 
because I'm just blown away at the fact that with RBG's death could very well come the death of Roe versus Wade. And for those of you who are too young to know what that is, if you are a high schooler watching this and you are like me and you didn't necessarily care about politics or didn't pay attention in social studies, first of all, please pay attention in social studies. You realize how important it is when you line up to vote when you turn 18. So please save yourself at least some research and pay attention in social studies. But for those of you who are or even if you're not from America and you don't know what Roe versus Wade is, that is a court case that legalized abortions for women, that legalized the right to choose. And I could very well be getting the exact ruling wrong. If I am, I'm sorry. But essentially, it means that if they strip away Roe versus Wade, they will cut off access to abortions, to birth control, to so many things that help any woman stay healthy. And I may only be 21, but God forbid one day in 10 years from now, I have some sort of health problem that prevents me from having a child. I want the option to live because there are health complications that will jeopardize your life in a dangerous pregnancy and if heaven forbid that were to ever happen to me i would want the choice at the very least i don't know if i would do it or not but i need the choice and if somebody else let's go on the other end of the spectrum and say you're 16 say you're 16 you made a mistake you're gonna have a baby And I'm not even going to, I don't want to say it's a mistake. If you want to go out and have sex, do, do what you need to do. Do what you need to do. Be safe. Birth control fails. And I don't want to make this a whole health lesson, but birth control fails. For those of you who need to know that. And it happens more often than people think. And... Let's say this person is 16 and they don't want to have a baby. They can't afford it. They're afraid. They don't want to be a mom at the age of 16. The proper answer to that is not don't do this because when you tell someone don't do this, they're going to go and do it, especially at 16. Obviously, the older you get, you can kind of differentiate for yourself what the right, right choices are. But when you're 16, who's to say that someone is going to opt to not have sex? Nobody can answer that question. So it is important that girls and women get the right to choose. And especially you guys, if those two sides of the spectrum aren't enough to convince you, what if... I don't even want to say it, but what if you what if you were sexually assaulted? What if you were raped? You have every right to not want to carry a part of that experience with you for nine months. And the thought that that could be taken away, 
The thought that those health options for women could be taken away is terrifying. Because I'm not scared for myself, I'm scared for everyone around me. And nobody, and I'm going to tell you this right now, ladies, nobody has the right to tell you what to do with your body. Not one single human being on this planet, even if you think they do, they don't. And let's not even talk about the possibility of the gay marriage ruling being taken away. Again, I'm using the improper names. But, but, but think about it. If you were a woman and you were engaged to a man and somebody told you, well, you can't marry them. Wouldn't that be the stupidest thing in the world to you? Because it sure would be to me. So imagine somebody loving somebody of the same sex. And it's just love. It's not anything awful. It's not like they're joining together to go kill a bunch of dogs. They're just wanting to get married. That's not awful. Imagine somebody telling you that it was wrong to be with your husband or your wife. Imagine somebody telling you it's wrong to be with the love of your life. You know what I have to say to that? bull shit i don't want to cuss on this podcast i don't want to portray myself as somebody who cusses but also you guys have heard me cuss and i really only cuss on this podcast when i'm angry and i don't like it when people's rights are being taken away i hate it so that makes me angry so that brings me to our side where we fit in as artists, as creatives, that brings me to us with, and I know I haven't touched on a number of things that are going on in other communities, in those same communities that I don't even know about. I haven't touched on everything, but I only have so much time with you guys. That brings me to our role. We as artists are responsible for using our voices for good. Because even if bad things start happening in this country, even if people's rights get taken away, and I'm not at all saying that we should allow that to happen, everyone, please, 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 please vote. I'm not saying we should allow that to happen. But, even in the face of terrible things happening, it doesn't make those issues go away. It doesn't make those people or those groups go away. It doesn't make the memories of bad and terrible events go away. It doesn't. So your voice does not die. Use every piece of art that you create to send a message about something you believe in. In my world, it's books. And it's funny, I have never... I had never, actually, have never is not the right word. I had never read a book with an LGBTQ character until a few years ago. And it was not Love, Simon. I've actually never read Love, Simon. I probably never will just because I don't know. It just, the book did not seem interesting to me. It's not the plot. The book just didn't seem interesting. This book is actually called Afterworlds by Scott Westerfeld. I don't know if I'm saying his last name right either, but... Afterworlds by Scott Westervelt is both stylistically 
and plot wise and character wise, it's all amazing because this man wrote two books in one. The book is about a girl who is 18 years old. She's set to go to Oberlin College in Ohio to study creative writing. She has written a book and she gets a book deal. So she defers her acceptance and goes to New York for one year to write her second novel and attend all the publishing parties for her first novel. And so from chapter to chapter, you are alternating between the main character Darcy's life and the life of the main character in her book. So we get to read not only a book about Darcy, but the book that she wrote. And I think that's awesome. The main character in Darcy's book is a straight girl. But we discover soon after Darcy moves to New York that she is not in fact straight. And not only is she not straight, but she's also Indian. And being a person of color and being gay is not easy. I know a few people who have done that. And it's people from different ethnic sorry you guys I'm really hungry and I'm tired so I can't talk but hi I don't even know what that was something possessed me okay we're not even gonna edit that out because I think it's kind of funny but anyway people from different ethnicities often will have a hard time accepting things I don't think that's a generalization I think that's just a lot of the older generation because I'm from a middle eastern family I know my parents are loving and supportive, but I know that there are certain things in life that it is harder for them to understand because like when I was a kid, I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers ever. (laughs) Well, I was towards like the end of my childhood, like when I was getting to be 11 or 12, but for like the longest time I wasn't allowed to sleep over people's houses. That's just an example because it, it just used to scare them and understandably so, but it's just stuff like that. Ethnic parents don't always understand. So, not only did Scott Westerfeld write about a lesbian woman, he wrote about one experiencing adversity coming from her parents, and it was the most powerful the most powerful book I've ever read. I was probably 15 or 16 when I read it, and a friend had recommended it to me, and I wasn't really sure about it, and I was a little taken aback because I've never read a book like that. I've never read a book with a lesbian main character. And looking back on it, it was probably one of the best books I've ever read because it was so beautifully written, especially by a man who has no idea what that's like. Like, I don't know what it's like, but I assume it's an accurate portrayal. If there are any um, lesbian women listening to this and want to tell me that I'm wrong, please, please do. But I thought it was a pretty accurate portrayal and I just thought it was a really good book. And I think that's the kind of thing that sends a message. And eventually it ends up all being okay for the main character. And she continues to publish her book. She's in love. Her parents are happy. It's all really good. And that's just one example of the message. On the flip side of that, the movie The Help sucks. They made it seem like the author of the book was so pro-black woman and pro-servant. And I'm sorry, I haven't seen The Help in a long time. So again, my terms may be wrong. But the author of that book, in actuality, was not like that. And they romanticized her, and that's not how it should be. And so we always have to be cognizant, and especially for those of us who 
are listening and want to become directors and screenwriters and producers, please, on your movie sets, be cognizant of the people who aren't necessarily being spoken for. And I think the best thing to do if you do want that perspective, if you are not sure about anything, if you are writing a gay character and you want the perspective of a gay man or a lesbian woman and you are a straight person like myself, if you want to write those characters, you would have to go talk to someone under that umbrella because you don't know what their experience is you could pretend that you know what their experience is but you want to do it as much justice as possible because you don't want to make people upset and you're always going to make people upset because not everyone's experience is the same but it's incredibly important for you to at least attempt to produce a semblance of what these people experience because that's your job the bottom line is, is not even, I don't even want to say not to trash on our current administration because I will trash our current administration, but not even just heat to this administration, but to all administrations previous to this one. Politics are dirty. Politicians are dirty. They play dirty. They don't, people want to be honest to politicians and serve the public. But the bottom line is, is that eventually they all can't do that because there are things in their way and they want to get reelected and they're not always doing the best for all the communities under the melting pot of America. They're really not. Don't even get me started. It's in, it's indigenous people's day today. We are not even going to talk about Columbus because we will be here another hour. But... It is our job as the artists, as the people among the people who have a voice to put our message out there, put their message out there. If you don't have an experience that relates to this umbrella somehow, talk to someone who does. Ask if you can write about it or at least some semblance of it. Make up a fictional character. It doesn't have to be about the person. But ask if you could do it. And now quickly, I want to again address something that is under my experience because I haven't addressed the one thing that is under my experience in this podcast. And it seems to be that I've addressed it every other time I've been on this podcast for the last two weeks, but I haven't addressed it in this one. And I think it's important because this is a community that needs to be inclusive, included in the inclusivity here. The disabled community needs a lot more representation than it currently has. Because, again, I mentioned this last time, people have really been pushing for books and movies about mental health. And I love it. I really love the fact that everyone is pushing to understand more about mental health and be more open-minded and and mental illness not even just mental health but I'm, I'm so happy but people think of people like me as being less than as being not as normal whether that is a physical or mental disability whether you have more severe severe cases of cerebral palsy like me or any other physical disability, I'm not familiar with other ones, so I'm not going to list them off, but 
There are people who are severely autistic. There are people who have Asperger's. There are people who have Down syndrome. I was like, sorry, I couldn't think. God. But there are people that have physical and mental disabilities. And people treat them as less than. People treat them as if they don't understand. And so a lot of books don't get written about these people. And if they do, well, they don't portray these people in a very positive way. And it's just really important to recognize that that those people are people with stories too. Those people are people with struggles outside of their disabilities who have real life problems. They could like someone else. They could like a boy. They could like a girl. Whoever they like. They could have a hard time at home. They could not have enough food to eat at night. It could be anything. They could feel silenced because people who are ignorant aren't giving them a chance to speak they could feel very depressed because of people's ignorance and it's our job to make sure that that ignorance no longer exists so i implore you guys to recognize that too i am currently for my junior year last year i was in a screenwriting class and my professor said write a 30 page first act of a movie about an experience and center it around an experience that you've had and I basically wrote a character with all of my same issues and it was the most powerful thing I've ever written and I would love to expand on it one day and make it a real film and honestly I think it'll be the first of its kind that really addresses what it's like for somebody in the present day to have that disability and to be represented as fully functional and having their own brain and not martyred and it's not even it's not even martyring the person with the disability it's martyring those around them i have yet to see a book that contains a disabled character whose friends or significant other or parents have not been martyred for raising or associating with a child with a disability i was having this conversation with my boyfriend the other day and I was saying like a lot of people in their minds and it was when I when this girl pissed me off it was when yesterday on Sunday this girl had said the whole are you okay thing to me and it made me upset I said you know there are a lot of people that in their minds think you're an absolute saint because you're with someone like me and I think it's absolutely awful so in your literature please 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 recognize people like me But don't martyr those around them. Those people aren't doing it out of the kindness of their heart. They're not being friends with them or with them or raising them out of the kindness of their heart. They're doing it because they care for that person. And it's because they're a person, not because of their disability. And I think that's another thing too, is there are a lot of people who will get into accidents and be wheelchair bound. And... A lot of the time it's women and then they commend the man for staying as if it's like not his job as if he could leave. No, don't don't martyr the man. He's staying because he wants to stay, not because he feels guilty. And if he's staying because he feels guilty, then he's a crappy man. End of story. There are people who stay with those people because they love them and they know that on the inside they're not that different. So in your art, always be cognizant. Always think, If it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit, but always think, can I include someone that could add substance to my story and be in a subgroup that I haven't 
explored yet. Can I? Like, I don't like it when TV shows add gay characters for the fun of it. Like, Glee. I mean, I don't know if Glee added them for the fun of it, but I think... I think it was just so overdone or so, like, played into the gay stereotypes that it it seemed overdone. Don't be like that, but it's like, if you want to write a gay character into your story because you think it's relevant, because you think that that story is important, do it. If you want to write a, the struggle of a black man or a black woman into your story, do it. Whatever it may be, write it. Make sure that message is getting out there. But make sure you are doing it in a way that does justice to that group of people. I think I may continue this topic next episode because I kind of want to come up with tips on how to do so if you guys are interested in that. If not, I think I may put it up on the Instagram or even tweet out some on Twitter for those of you who are interested. Follow me on socials you can find me on instagram at sabrina canoon the spelling is in the description box and at the caffeinated artist podcast which is spelled just as it sounds but it's also in the description box and also follow me on twitter at the sabrina kino which is k-e-n-o but And that is my reminder for you guys this week to create inclusively and be mindful and love the people around you and speak up for those who are feeling voiceless right now. Because especially in these last six months, we've banded together as a country, as a world, we have banded together. And that is not due to any of the people in power right now, not just our president. That is not due to the people in power. That is due to everyone that is fighting and people that are part of all of those movements i'm sure are appreciative but they also understand that some people are doing it for the hype and again this is my advice to you do not do it for the hype make sure you're telling the stories because as an artist that's your job we think our job is to make people happy no our job is to make people question and that's where i'm going to leave you guys today Remember to create something that blows people's minds. I love you guys. I'll see you next Wednesday.